Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Top five in baseball and comeback wins. Atlanta was down 3-0, 4-3, and 6-4 in this ballgame. Broken bat grounder up the middle. Tim Anderson to the bag to first double play. What a finish. The first loss at home for Atlanta since June the 11th on a double play ball. Unbelievable win yesterday. And I hope Sox fans are able to enjoy it. Sounded like Jason Benetti enjoyed it. Saw Kendall Graveman going nuts on the mound. He enjoyed it. Tim Anderson with a very nice 6-3 to three double play. Had uh, range to his left, grabbed that ball, kind of an awkward sidestep to get to second. It's kind of throw you sometimes expect him to put into the photo, uh, the photo well, photographer well, but he did not. Nice double play, and they finish it, and you heard the Braves context from Benetti right there. That game was on Fox. When the games are on NBC Sports Chicago, the pregame and the postgame is helmed by our next guest right here, who is Chuck Garfine. Joins us. Right now on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. That was a fun win, huh, Chuck? That was. That was. I wish there were about 20 more of them this season. Uh, unfortunately, it has not gone the way we hoped and expected. But, yeah, that was not only it was a great win, but you could see how much it meant to those guys. I mean, it's funny because here's Keenan Middleton and Kendall Graveman, who, you know, are – Middleton's a free agent after this year. Graven, the next year, they're in the middle of trade rumors. They wanted that win badly, and you saw it on their faces in the final outs in the eighth and the ninth. So, uh, great win for the Sox. And the way they responded after one of their worst games of the year on Friday when they came out of the All Star break so flat, they lost nine to nothing. And to come back and beat a Braves team that had won 11 series in a row, sorry, they've won 11 series in a row. They'd won 11 home games in a row. Speaks how about this. The Braves had not lost a night game at home since May 26th. <laughs> I mean, like, that's insane. It's insane. I saw insane. there was a stretch before the break where they had won 18 out of 20, and the two losses in the 20, one was a game that they tied in the ninth and lost in the 10th, 
The other was the Reds game that was the Ellie Dela Cruz cycle. That was just yeah. an insane game. It was like 13-9 to nine or something. Those were their only two losses in a 20-game stretch. They're, they're, they're outrageous. They are outrageous. And I, when I watch a baseball game, I look at all the little things. I don't just look at, like, the home runs, how teams score. But in the ninth, after Acuna had hit the homer. So here's Ronald Acuna Jr., like maybe – the best player in baseball after Shohei Otani. And they this team is running away with the division. I mean, they're just they're incredible. They're a great team and he doesn't give up. So they they're down six to four. He hits the home run and there's a shot of him in the dugout as they're trying to rally in the ninth. The look on his face was as if it was the World Series. That's how much he wanted the Braves to win that game. It's a game in July against the White Sox. Yeah. And when you see that kind of like hunger on a face of your leader like that, I'm like, that's a winning team. That is, that is something special. Chuck, somebody asked me yesterday, um, a friend of mine who's a big Red Sox fan, he's in town for Red Sox Cubs. And he said, what happened to the White Sox? I thought they were so young and fun and exciting a couple of years ago. And so when you're, when you're divorced from the day-to-day, and all of a sudden, I had to answer that question with a three-year view. I, I think my short answer was, you know, they were. In 2020, they finished that, that short year, and, it, it, like, the vibe was really good, and the swagger was high, and the confidence was high. And then Tony La Russa got hired, and it took a lot of, you know, it, it was a thing that they had to adjust to. Second half of that, that 2021, things started to fall apart, and then they got their ass handed to them by Houston, and they realized they weren't good enough. And kind of the whole fan base did realize, oh, that's right, we're not good enough. And the air came out of the swagger at the same time, in my opinion, because of LaRusso and some of the other stuff, and now the whole thing just kind of feels rotten. That was my short answer. When somebody writes the book with the 10,000-foot view, am I close? You're close. It's an hour-long answer. Um, so I will do my best to try to explain what happened to this young and fun team. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I, I try to explain it, and um, it, I don't want to say it takes twists and turns, but it does. Uh, it does it, when it evolves, we live. It, I guess. it does when we live it as closely as we have it. You know. So yeah. Yeah. Give give me your best. Take your time. Whatever you want. The best way I can explain it is this. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to explain it, but here's what's popping in my head. They were a young and fun team, and they were trending up and trending up and trending up. But as we know, baseball, like in life, you have setbacks, you have obstacles, you have failure. And how do you as a team and as a player, as a unit, deal with failure when things aren't going the right way? And leadership, maturity, um, the hunger to win and be great and keep the ship afloat and do whatever it takes to win when things are not going well. And I think it was kind of happening in a slow way at the end of 2021. Like, okay, we we had a great first half, but they played 500 baseball in the second half. And then last season, it was, it was just mediocre. The offense used to be great. They weren't anymore. Um, they've lost their way. They, I'm talking more offensively. They lost their identity, and injuries are a part of this. And so, you know, you have to look around the room and say, okay, well, this guy's hurt, that guy's hurt, this guy's underperforming. We need to get our SH, you know, you know we have to get our crap together. 
and we have to find ways to win. And that seems to have just been missing. This team just hasn't been able to, you know, galvanize the troops, so to speak, and be like, and find ways to win when guys are hurt. I mean, they, and actually, what's funny is that in, in the start of 2021, the guys did get hurt, and they, like, Robert and Jimenez are both out, and they were able to keep the ship afloat. But um, you know, this it's kind of like gone in this direction now for two years where uh, you don't – we had a great offensive night from them last night against an amazing pitcher. Yep. They can't sustain it. They, they have not shown the ability to sustain that, and it's a long season, and when you can't do that, you end up being a very average baseball team. Yeah, it's, um, that, it's a good answer, and it is an hour-long answer. Um, there's, and, there's, and somebody will – Somebody will write that book, but it's 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 a it's a dispiriting place to be. And yet, here they are. They're only eight and a half games out of first oh, place. God. <laughs> I know. Do you have I it know. in you? I mean, Do you even have it in you to look at the next two weeks and look at the schedule and say, you know, if they do this and the Twins do that and the Cleveland is just, you know, they're not that good. I mean, do you have it in you? It's it's hard for me to dredge it up, frankly. Well, though, here's the reality, and we've been saying it for weeks. They do need to just win seven of eight games and they're right back in it. I mean, that's all it takes is win seven of eight, eight of nine, which like every team should have the ability to do that. And the White Sox have barely, barely done that since the start of 2021. Like you, you look it up. I mean, like they did have they have one five game winning streak this year, but like they've only had like three streaks of three wins or more. And then, you know, they just kind of become average again. Mm-hmm. But if they win eight of nine, you know, you're going to be, you know, cause, because of the way the Twins and the Guardians play, because they're basically 500 teams, you win eight of nine, you're going to be five back, which is nothing, which really is, I mean, for the model baseball that's left. But so you've been watching it. Your listeners have been watching it. Certainly the White Sox fans who are listening, I've been watching it. They haven't shown the ability to do that yet. And that's why fans are skeptical and so i i want them to prove me wrong i mean i want them to contend but time is getting short and lance lynn said it last night i got it right here as i'm preparing for my own pregame show at noon mm-hmm. he said uh and i'll have to clean it up because there is a swear word in here it's lance lynn <laughs> uh, which i love he said uh, we've got to win or we're out of it so it's time to lock the bleep in mm-hmm. there's no other way to say it yeah. that is where they are well it's uh, that kind of urgency is what people have wanted to see for a couple of years and uh, and they do have this one final push to maybe see it right now chuck garfine from nbc sports chicago is here with us i, I think it might be the best pre and post game baseball show in the history of this town chuck wow hey. i i i I, I i do it's just but here's here's the thing ozzy Gian, is in a very special place as a content creator. I hear it when he does 20 minutes with Mully and Haw on our station. I, I, I see it and I hear it whenever he's with you. He's like, he is so raw and unfiltered and opinionated and thoughtful and seemingly uh, doing a lot of prep work as well. Um, and that comfort has to be attributed at least um, it, it, in, in part to his relationship with you. So, so, so well done on that. Dan Bernstein called him. He's our Barkley is what he said about Ozzy the other day. And I liked that. Yeah, he is. And, you know, Frank Thomas is back with us. Yes. Uh, he, he's on again today. Um, he's going to do a bunch of shows actually over the next few weeks. So, and I mean, next couple months, I think. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it's um, we have a comfort level together, me and Ozzy, me, Ozzy and Frank. Um, and we 
uh, you know, it, it's what also what I like is is the uh, I feel like I'm also on the tightrope without a net. <laughs> and I like that because I mean, not only because Ozzy's there, but sometimes, you know, we are reacting like a pregame show. I mean, even though we're putting one together now, we have a general sense of what we're going to talk about because the game already happened. I'm also aware that, you know, our conversation can go into a whole many different directions. So that could just take the show way to the right or to the left. But on a postgame show where we're just reacting to a game that just happened, I mean, there have been many times, like, I try to be as prepared as I can, but there are many times where I'm like, you know, I, I wasn't prepared, prepared for that ending. I wasn't prepared for this ending. And we don't really know sometimes what's going to come out of our mouths. And then we look at each other and the show starts. Um, <laughs> that's the best. That's actually what happened. That happened on Friday. Like, that was, that was one of the worst games of the season for the Sox. It starts, and Ozzy said, like, how are you going to start the show? He said that on the air to me. And I'm like... <laughs> All right, well, here's how I'm going to start the show. <laughs> That's how we're going to do it, right there. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, the, the other thing is this. I mean, I, I, we make fun of me being salty, salty Chuck, yeah. because I get salty, because I, I, I live and breathe with this team because it's my job, and I watch every pitch. I watch the whole game, and every season, I mean, every, every game. And, you know, I don't want to be salty. I would like to talk about a winning team, but also Sox fans are smart. They know what they're watching. They know what they've been watching. And I can't talk about how rosy things are when the house behind me is on fire. Yeah. And so, you know, the expectations, I mean, when the Sox were in a rebuild, we were not very critical of the team because they weren't expected to win. They are expected to win. And they are, you know, 16 games under 500. So we can't paint a picture of like, hey, everything's great because lately it hasn't been. So um, the game the other night on Friday when Matt Olson hits a grand slam, um, Andrew Jones among the fans in Atlanta, the uh, legendary Andrew Jones, he stands up and applauds. And people are like, oh, Andrew Jones is there. And then later in the game, um, Ozzie Guillen in the studio with you while Jason Benetti and Gordon Beckham are doing the play-by-play, Ozzie calls Andrew Jones on the phone. And we have, uh, we have it. I, I think I've set it up enough for our listeners to understand. Here's, here's uh, Benetti and Beckham and Ozzie and Andrew Jones in the stands and on the phone. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh. With hey, he rolled his eyes, Ozzy. He rolled his <laughs> eyes. Outstanding. So now all we have to, all we have to, Ozzy. Is he on the phone with him right now? Mira, Chipper Joe. Estás al lado de Chipper Joe, Andrew Jones. Sí, no quiere hablarme. Está bien. Aquí en el estudio viéndote al lado de tu, al lado de tu esposa. That's a big win. So, so is the win that Andrew Jones looked down, saw Ozzy's name, and picked up the phone? Is that the win? So I'm glad that you actually played this because what you I'm going to tell your listeners something that nobody knows but me, Ozzy, and Frank, which is before we were on the air. Uh, like 10 minutes prior to that, Ozzy called up Andrew Jones, <laughs> left a message, two messages for him because he didn't pick up. And he was speaking in English to Andrew's voicemail. 
And I'd say half of the words were swear words. <laughs> and it was so entertaining. It was so funny. And what's, what we tried to do, like we can't obviously show, like play that on the air. Uh, but we tried everything that we talk about off the air. Um, we do try to bring on the air uh, so people can see like what we're talking about. And so, so that that actually was like a thing that was happening ten minutes prior was that Ozzy was trying to get a hold of Andrew Jones. The fact that he picked up on the third time while they were on television uh, just made it even better because he probably looked at it twice and goes, "Oh, this is Ozzy calling. I'm not even gonna pick it up." <laughs> well, the third and then time, the third time he's like, "Oh, I'll pick it up, fine." <laughs> and that worked for live TV. I think you've yeah. started a new thing. I think this is it, it makes all the sense in the world that the in studio analyst might know a former player who happens to be there. If this is the first document time of that phone call being live on the air let's hope it's not the last yeah and we the way we do our shows there we also we go we have an approach of like anything is possible we'll do anything i mean that we can do so like um you know we'd like to have a lot of fun and so like you know we uh we have an idea we're gonna do something on the show here today where it's like well let's do this let's go on let's let's do one more thing on top of it and have fun with it and um so we're, we're open to anything we are here to inform Sox fans but entertain them and have fun and even you know after a Sox loss I, i'm acutely aware if I'm a viewer and I, uh, the White Sox just lost, do I want to continue to watch a show talking about a White Sox loss? Um, so we need to get you to want to watch us, even though you don't like the outcome of the game. Yeah, we're going to talk about the game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. But we're going to uh, have it be fun and informative, and, and that's really what we try to do. And you brought up Charles Barkley. I mean, we look at ourselves as like the, um, the countdown – or not really countdown. What am I saying? Where's my brain? Uh, T- TNT's show. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Lost. With, with, my, uh, with, with, with Ernie Johnson. No, absolutely. Yes, um, yeah. I look at myself as Ernie Johnson. I'm like I'm, – I am trying to get the most out of our analysts, uh, whether it's Ozzy, Frank, Gordon Beckham, Scott Pitsednik – and, you know, um, you know, we want to oh, – inside the NBA, that's what we're trying to do. Yep. Um, caller earlier in the show likened you guys to Pearsall and Harry. 
uh, doing doing Sox games <laughs> in the seventies. So, so oh, ta- that was salty. Yeah, yeah, I know. But 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 take that and run with it for fans of a certain vintage. Chuck Garfon, yeah, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. We'll talk. All right, sounds good. See you, Matt. See you. That's Chuck Garfon from NBC Sports Chicago. Um, Chris Camp is going to join us in about 20 minutes. Got some time for your phone calls, as promised. We'll come back and do that. Some White Sox, some Cubs, so much to come on this show. Keith Law at the top of the hour. You'll hear from Joe Davis. You'll hear from Tom Glavin. There's nowhere else to be between now and 1245, then right here on The Score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. And it'll be Manny Machado who leads it off for San Diego in the eighth. We need a big snap right here, Donnie. High drive, deep oh! left field. Back goes Marsh looking up, and that ball is very gone. Manny Machado puts the Padres on top, four to three. Donnie with the rally snap. Give me some, son. <laughs> That is the 300th career home run for Manny Machado. Manny Machado with number 300. It is hit and run. It is Matt Spiegler with you on 670 The Score. I want to try an experiment, okay? Sean Sears is producing. Sean, get ready. Open up a microphone. We also have Stan in Bellwood on the line. Stan, are you there? Oh. I'm here. Okay. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. All right. You ready, guys? Sean, you ready? I am. Sean and Stan. Manny Machado is number 11 among active hitters in career home runs, now with number 300. Stan, you go first. Give me a current Major League player with more home runs than Manny Machado. Uh, Giancarlo Stan. Is number three with 389. Sean. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is number two ah. with 464. Stan. Oh, uh, let's see. Boy, you really put me on the spot here. Yes, um, yes, trying to think of uh, the teams here. Um, mm-hmm. It's okay, Sean. You got another one? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm on the spot here. Uh, Sean, what do you got? I'm trying to think of one, too. Here. Oh, come on, boys. I, mean, I guess Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, no. Um, so oh, you're out. No, 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 I, I, <laughs> oh, I'm out now? I, I was pretty, I was yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, how about, doesn't Mike Trout have one? Mike Trout is number four yeah. with 368. Yeah. Stan, you've won our impromptu game of categories. Oh. <laughs> you get to and take my job now, Stan. Yeah, that's right. Sean, you're do I, fired. Yeah, do I get a gold jacket yeah. and a uh, ring? Yes. Number one is Miguel <laughs> Cabrera at 508. Yeah. Nelson Cruz, Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Trout, Joey Votto at 349, Evan mm-hmm. Long, Evan Longoria at 342, oh. Paul Goldschmidt, and Nolan Arenado back to back at seven and eight. Yeah, well, Arenado was going to be my next guest. Yep. Uh, if it came back to me. And then another pair. I heard you talking about him earlier. Yep, pair of teammates, Freddie Freeman and J.D. Martinez uh, at nine and ten, and then there's Manny Machado just behind him. Andrew McCutcheon, Anthony Rizzo, Bryce Harper. Carlos Santana rounds out your top 15. Thank you for playing. Next contestant. <laughs> Actually, no. Stan, you're on, the, you're on the line. What you got, sir? How are you? All right. Okay, I'm good. Uh, two things on the White Sox. Uh, first of all, uh, speaks, uh, Tim Anderson. Uh, I think the ship has sailed on getting a uh, hefty or near hefty return on him. Uh, the White Sox have waited too long to sell high. Um, uh, I think Tim Anderson has peaked as a player. 
Um, he's perpetually hurt. And he's evolved into a defensive liability. I mean, a, a lot of things you've spoken often about, you know, if he has to switch things, he'll have to change positions. I, mean, I, I think a lot, I think the White Sox are um, just need to get what they can for him and move on. Um, the Reds, I've been watching them uh, here lately. They better get some pitching fast. Mm-hmm. And the White Sox sitting there with both uh, Lance Lynn and Giolito, if I'm Rick Hahn, I wouldn't be sitting back and waiting until the 31st. Call them. I, th- I think you're going to get back a better uh, return for those starting pitchers, particularly from a team that needs pitching and has, uh, you know, players you know that you can really use or that you can build around uh, in the in the future. I wouldn't even count on much for TA to be quite honest with you. I, I think the pitchers have more value. Thank you, Stan. Yeah, I, they definitely do have more value. So that that's what you're left with as a White Sox fan is this thought. If you traded Tim Anderson on his own, you're probably getting a double-A player who's got a shot, a double-A pitcher who doesn't have swing-and-miss style dominant stuff. That's probably what you, what you're getting, you know? Like one of those, you know, I was looking around at some, looking through systems as I came up with those trades. And there's guys you'll look and say, oh, he's got a 50 scouting grade on a fastball. Cade Horton, who I put in the Iron Auto trade that nobody liked, um, got a 60. He's got a 60 on a fastball, which makes him much more legit. When you throw 99 like Spencer Strider does, the slider's better. The changeup's better. Everything's better. So, but there are plenty of pitchers out there. With a 50-grade fastball, and that means maybe they'll top out at 93, and it has a little movement, but not electric movement. And so that in itself is not going to set up everything else. There are guys like that, but guess what? Sometimes those guys turn into really good pitchers. They do. You know who's been killing it this year in Texas? Dane Dunning. Look at Dane Dunning's numbers. When you know, Nate Evaldi is their ace, Jacob DeGrom got hurt. John, what's his name from Colorado? Uh, Jonas Gray? No, no, no. John Gray? J- John Gray. John, John Gray from Colorado had some very good starts. But call up Dane Dunning's stats. I mean, it's like, and that is a dude who just kind of knows how to play and knows how to pitch. And knows how to sequence, how to put it all together. So he's got a two point eight four ERA in ninety two innings for the Rangers. Fifty nine strikeouts. It, it, only fifty nine strikeouts in ninety two innings, mm-hmm. but an ERA of two point two. Exactly. I mean, come on, or two point eight. I mean, it, look, that, that's that's amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, to his point about the Reds, the Cincinnati Reds team ERA in the month of July and granted there's a lot of days off, is 3.58. So actually the, the pitching's been a little better because that bullpen is good. Their team ERA in the month of June was 27th at 5.03. Offensively, the Reds are struggling a bit. They've been shut out the last three days. So th- that's not supposed to be um, their MO and, and, and what it is. But in terms of their team OPS, the Reds are 19th in the month of July. And in the month of June, the Reds were fourth. So they've been on fire offensively, just not so much lately. 
I don't think they'll look at the last three games and say they need offense, as the texture suggested. Um, by the way, here's Jed Hoyer, who spoke on Friday about if there's any benefit to pounce early on the trade deadline. He was talking about buying. That was the answer. But to Stan's point about pouncing now on the deadline. When you talk about the team being better than the record says, is there an argument to be made to buy early, to be a little bit more aggressive early uh, in the before the deadline? to try and cover up that margin of error a little bit and push a little bit more to get those wins. Yeah. I mean, I think that's always complicated. I think that there's, you know, there's, you know, fewer true sellers now than there there you know will be, so I think that makes it complicated. I think there's a whether people say there is or not, there's a significant early movement mover tax on that. So the concept isn't 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 wrong at all, but like a lot of times the execution of that theory can be very difficult. 670, the score is where you are. It's hit and run. Let's talk to Steve in Elburn, who's been patient and hanging on. Steve, thanks for hanging. How are you? Hey, great. I enjoy your program. Thank you, sir. I'm an old guy, 75 years old. Once I learned long division, I became a stat guy and loved baseball ever since. So I had two two things I was going to call about. One was Bellinger, and, of course, uh, other fans have called in about him. And the other is a long-term stat about the Cub organization. But uh, real quick on Bellinger, uh, he has – I'm not a 100% war guy, but he currently has a 2.5 war. Our best player, Swanson, has a 2.9, and Swanson's batted 100 more times. Suzuki has a .4, half 1.6. He has a higher war than those two combined. They have to go out and try to sign this guy. So that's, that's – well, that's without a doubt. That's number one. Hmm. Number two – that it's interesting. I was watching a Cub game, and by the way, I don't subscribe to Cubs. I listen to you guys on the radio. I'm not giving those billionaires my money, but I was watching the Fox game, and the guy in the dugout made a comment about the Cubs signing Stroman, and they'd have to see if he fit into their budget. Fortunately, A.J. Pruszynski was the color guy, and he and I both jumped out of our seats when he said, budget, what are you talking about? The Cubs are printing money. What <laughs> we'll deal with the budget? So I went back and checked these stats. We were told 10 seasons ago, I went by seasons, I exclude COVID. We were told we aren't going to have to suffer after we go through this period of three seasons in which we won a total of about 70-some games each season. Two were actually in the 60s. And then we had four great seasons. We dropped to 84 in 19, and the last two seasons have been 70 wins, and we're headed to 70 this year. Well, let's compare real quick. There's another team out there over the last 10 seasons who drew 12.5 million fans in 10 seasons. The Cubs have drawn 28 million fans in that same time period. The Cubs, by the way, have won in 10 seasons 816 games. That other organization has won 859 games. This year they've won 58, we've won 42. You probably know who I'm talking about, the Tampa Bay Rays. They are kicking our butts, and they have none of the resources we have. Steve, that's great stuff. The Tampa Bay Rays are the smartest and most efficient organization in all of professional sports. I I completely agree with the thesis and the findings. Every team in baseball – should um, in some way model themselves after the Tampa Bay Rays. It's hard to do. The Dodgers took the head of their brain trust and have become what they've become. 
in the last decade. Um, the, the Red Sox took the next guy in Chaim Bloom. They're trying to make that work. The Astros took another guy in James, whatever his name was, and they won a World Series. I mean, steal from them. The, the Cubs went and took Joe Madden. Like, you are, you are preaching to the choir. And the deal is this, and I think you know, when Theo and Jed overhauled the team and said you had to withstand those three seasons, the idea was to have a much longer sustained success than they did, and that the window would not be three years and then decay and then having to make the decision to build again. The idea was that the window would be like eight years, 10 years, 12 years, be like what the Dodgers have created. Here's the problem. The Dodgers keep drafting and developing and loading up their farm system with prospects to either use in trade or use on the big league level. And the Cubs failed to do it. In the first four to five years of Theo and Jed's regime, they simply did not draft and acquire enough talent and set up a system that would enable that during the heyday. Because all of a sudden, they weren't drafting at the top of of round one. They were drafting at the bottom of round one. Round one. And then the rules changed on them. Like, this is a big picture thing. The rules changed on them. They had to uh, adjust because you couldn't draft over slot anymore and use your money that way. You couldn't um, overspend for foreign free agents and use your money that way. It leveled the playing field, and they got passed in terms of intelligence. And at least they knew it. And Theo, before he left, got a new director of hitting, a new director of pitching, and moved some people around and over and out of the organization. But yes, they failed in that build process to establish scouting and development that would keep you sustainable for a decade. The Rays have been forced to live like that for going on 20 years, and they're better at it than everybody. The Dodgers have been able to establish a system where they can live like that while also spending. The Yankees have done a similar thing, not as well as the Dodgers. But good research out of you. Totally agree with your findings. It's Matt Spiegel here on Hit and Run. Keith Law at the top of the hour. We'll talk to Chris Kampka about the Cubs and the Sox next on The Score. Folks, it is time to get yourself cam connected with Chris Kampka, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago, an absolute treasure of a human being and the proud papa of the birthday boy, Matteo Kampka. Chris joins us right now on the Circa Resort Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. What's up, Chris? How are you? Good morning. No, oh, good morning. And yep, happy birthday, Matteo. He's not listening, probably, but. Uh... <laughs> I'll record all these for him and play him when he's uh, older. There you go. There you go. And, uh, and and maybe one day he'll be uh, the associate producer of your radio show, like uh, like like the Roobster is across the way. 
Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Kampka, sir, what do we got? Um, by the way, it was great to see you at Sabre uh, last week, and I enjoyed talking to Bill Perch the week before and then Danny Evans the week after. Um, my first Sabre event I've been a part of, and what a wonderful group of baseball nerds I am proud to have associated with and been one of at the time. Oh, yeah. Those are a couple of people I spent a lot of time talking to last week, both Danny Evans and Bill. It was great. Uh, you can't beat it. There's no better place to mingle and, and network with fellow baseball people, and you can just pick up a conversation with any of them, and they'll get you. They'll figure. They'll know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, that's exactly how it felt, and just super, super fun. Um, all right, what you got for me? Um, Andrew Benatendi, a three-hit day out of the leadoff spot yesterday, uh, and the Cubs with maybe or the White Sox, I should say, with with maybe the most fun win of the year. Certainly the most fun win lately. That's for sure. Yeah, they did do that. Um, Benatendi, three hits. Uh, he's you know he's one of the best hitters in baseball in, over the career with runners in scoring position. I mean, he he did that yesterday. I think two with runners in scoring position, 347 this season, 324 or 325 lifetime. So, I mean, it, that's a spot he does it. He's in the one spot, and it's just one of the things that sticks out to me, though, about the White Sox comparing them to the Braves. And, yeah, you know, comparing a team to the best team in baseball isn't really fair, but <laughs> but here's the deal. I mean, I look at the top two spots in the lineup, Sox have hit Benintendi Anderson, first two games that will happen again today. Um, and then the Braves, Acuna Jr. and Albies. Uh, Albies and Acuna Jr. have outhomered Ben Tenney and Anderson this year, 45-1. to 1. Oh, my God. Hey, it's just glaring. And, I mean, when you look at the Braves' success, they have 95 runs scored in the first inning this year, which is 24 more than any other team. They have a plus 65 run differential in the first inning. Oh. I mean, and, and it's largely due to the fact they're hitting guys like that in the top of the other, getting a lot of punch early. When you score first in the majors this year, you played a 671 clip. Wow. That, that, that's what they, you know, and it's kind of like when the White Sox have scored 37 runs in the first inning this year, that's the fourth fewest in the majors. So, you know, it's kind of like maybe, I don't know if, I don't know if this is the best combination at the top of the order. Hmm. I'd, I'd personally, I'd like to see a little more punch. Well, that, that's great stuff because you're talking about, the lineup construction in terms of the value of having your, your best power hitters early, or at least some of your best power hitters early. And obviously it goes against the old school wisdom and there's lots of ways to do it. But it, it, there, so there's a couple things about having Acuna up there at the top. Uh, obviously over the course of the year, he's going to get the most plate appearances by being at the top of a batting order. And that's a common thing discussed, but the psychological value of scoring first and you just had it there in MLB this year, a 671 clip for all teams when scoring first, and they're plus 65 in the first inning, and they're a good team. So you're the opposition, and they score first, and you're like, oh, boy, we're kind of screwed. And that matters over the course of a baseball game. It's pressure. Playing from behind is harder than playing ahead. Yeah. There's no question about it. Yeah. And, and Ben Intendi, I mean, look what he's done with runners in scoring position this year. So, you know, I'd, I'd personally like to see him a little lower so then he can come up with guys on because mm-hmm. he's been really good at it. I mean, he, guys come up, he come up to the plate and there's runners on, you know, runs on base and he's pretty yeah. – the ball hasn't gone over the fence, but 
you know, he's been a productive guy. He's he's tough to get out. I I, um, I, I love I, I love I love that stuff. I love that stuff. Um, and, and it's it's really thoughtful and it's interesting and it makes me think that. You know, um, I mean, especially as you've been trying to find something to turn you around, why not Robert and Berger to start your freaking lineup and just try to mash a little bit and then have your contact guys a little bit further down? That's something that probably should have been tried weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing that. I like the idea of Robert hitting first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's your homer guy. But listen, his numbers. His numbers at the base is empty or off the charts. And that's not a knock on him. Yeah. That's just um, identifying something that he thrives at. Yep. Um, and, and they maybe, challenge. Maybe pitchers will pitch him differently. Yeah. And, and, and pitchers challenge him when there's, when there's nobody on. Um, boy, yeah, that's, that, that, that's great stuff. And that's going to that's gonna drive some conversation during the week on Parkins and Spiegel, uh, if, you, if, if I have my way. Um, all right. What do you got on the other side of, uh, side of town, Mr. C? Mr. Well, K? this month. This month for the Cubs, it's been all about Cody Bellinger. And I took a look in the best batting average this month. And Bellinger's hitting 476. If you go guys with a minimum of 20 at-bats, Bellinger's second in between a sandwich of Contreras brothers, which I found amusing. Um, Wilson's hitting 565 and William 447. Wow. But he's got five of the Cubs' 11 home runs this month. And nobody else has more than one. God. And, and how about this fun fact of Bellinger's Grand Slam yesterday? So he had the, the home run he hit yesterday, three runners on Grand Slam. For his first 11 home runs, he had three base runners on combined. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, but, but it's great to see him doing that, whether or not they want to keep him around or, you know, use him as trade bait. It's great to see your guy going nuts like this. We, we all know he's had the talent. We've seen it. Yeah. Back in 2019, it was crazy. My favorite Cody Bellinger nugget of all time, by the way. In 2019, when he won the MVP, his first 45 home runs were off of 45 different pitchers. And then number 46 was off Jake McGee, who he just homered off of for number 44. So he almost pulled it off. The most different, most home runs in the season, all off different pitchers. And I believe the, the record somewhere like 40 or 41 by Albert Pujols. But I just I love paying attention to ridiculous stuff like that. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, Chris Kampka, great stuff as always. An hour ago, I told the listeners, if anybody didn't know what Immaculate Grid is, they needed to go there right then. I said it an hour ago because I figured that I might have some listeners who aren't on Twitter. Maybe I've got some baseball people who don't realize the daily joy that is available on Immaculate Grid. So now that I've, I've sent that out there, now we can actually just talk about it. And I thought my rarity score was awesome today. Your rarity score was outrageous. Would you have a seven today? You had a seven on ImmaculateGrid.com. Uh, it, it, seven? Yeah. But if the White Sox and Cubs are on there, I better do good. It's my job to know these teams I, front and back. I know, dude. I mean, me too. White Sox, Cubs, and Red Sox on the grid. So, oh, yeah. So, you, yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, come on. And it's this weekend. So, I, I hit it pretty good. I had a, I, I had a really, really fun time. Um, Edwin Jackson in the center square. I realized that Edwin Jackson is an immaculate grid all-star. Right. Edwin Jackson in the center square. Who's next to him? Jim J. Bullock? <laughs> Exactly. No, it's Todd Zeal. 
That's who's next okay. to him is, is, is Todd Zeal. And then Joachim uh, uh, Soria. Uh, also, like, these are the Immaculate Grid All-Stars. This one, I had two choices for Gordon Beckham. I used him for Tigers and White Sox. How about you? I used them like uh, a week ago or so for Braves and Tigers. Okay. Yeah. So you I, did... um, for the White Sox, I mean, I'm looking at every player ever in their history all the time, just trying to find little nuggets. So yeah. if I don't get, like, if I don't get less than 0.1% of mad. Yeah. <laughs> so with the White, White Sox and Tigers, it went from, Got the dead ball era named Maddie McIntyre because I remember he played for the White Sox briefly and he was like, he was a guy who like hazed Ty Cobb when he came into the league. And I remember hearing his name and so it just popped into my head. And you never know what direction these things take your mind. Like it's just fun to talk to people about this just to see who they come up with because everyone's mind works in different ways and they're pulling from different things. Like I'm pulling from baseball cards a lot or other research and then you know people just watching games it's just it's just so fascinating the thought process and even the strategy yeah no I, I, absolutely only... uh, absolutely so so what'd you get for maddie mcintyre did you get 0.2 percent because that's uh, like yeah. No, no, it was point zero zero one. I oh, think. Oh, see, I've I've never gotten lower than point two. Um, I had um, I was very excited about my Angels and White Sox crossover. Dallas McPherson is who I went oh, with. Yeah, yeah, that's solid. I had Chris Crone, <laughs> CJ's father, <laughs> who played like five games. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a different level, dude. You are an absolute different level. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I hate, by the way, I hate immaculate grid. Why? And I see these things, and then I'm thinking about it so hard, I can't function. Like I'm completely useless until I'm done with it. I know, I know. It, it's some. I bail sometimes. I, I have to. I, it, every, every once in a while, Chris Kampka, you're a joy. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Every once in a while, I bail. But yeah, Edwin Jackson in the center square, right next to Jim J. Bullock, is exactly how I want to live my life. Keith Law knows prospects just about better than anybody in the game. We will talk White Sox draft, Cubs draft, and prospect capital as the trade deadline approaches. We'll do that next on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.